Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. Worth. Are you worthy? Are you worth worshipping? I don't actually know the origins of this term, the the worth and worship term. Um, I'd be curious about it. I'd look it up. Because so many people are curious about why anyone would ever want them in their lives? Why would they want to keep them around? Why would they want to invite them into their homes, their hearts, their minds? What is it about them specifically that makes them worthy of being a friend, a companion, a lover? Well, there are lots of ways we can look at it. And I've looked at it before in a few different ways. Um, But I had a different approach today. And it's because I've been thinking a lot about uh, the purpose of life itself. And how... The main thing that we seem to be craving, the main thing that that all life seeks out above all this this shared goal that we all have, all the of us living organisms, is a sense of connection, a way to interact with others who are the way I put it is similar but different. Um, we we seek this this connection in, in the, sort of the same way that um, you know puzzles go together. That there are different pieces that fit in different ways with one another. Um, there are innies and outies and you know little wiggles and straight lines, and they fit those the edges of one fit 
really well with the edges of another, but we don't necessarily know where those pieces are, where those other individuals are when we start out, um, which is one of the reasons probably why puzzles are so appealing to humans, because they're a perfect metaphor for life itself, for this, it feels like you know, that whole separated at birth thing, but it's not, it's not separated at birth. It's, it's separated by randomness because part of what life does, um, the whole genetic evolutionary thing is what they sometimes call random mutation or just mutation, um, where, you know, the mommy and the daddy genes combine and then or possibly just the mommy genes change combine or change in a way that there are new combinations um, that have never never been seen before so you get a new puzzle piece so it's not just that we've started from a hole and cut all the puzzle pieces out and they had their previous matches and then we're trying to rematch them. We, But it's actually, we're starting from novelty. We're making a whole new puzzle piece and putting it out there into the world. And there's no absolute guarantee that there's a perfect match. And in fact, there probably isn't a perfect match. Um, I mean, the, the I don't know what how many numbers of genes combinations there are, but there are a huge amount, um, even within just one species. So, so it's, it's, it's not that it's guaranteed that there's a perfect puzzle piece that fits your little bumps and lumps, but there are other individuals out there who have similar shaped bits in the opposite direction, you know, that, that reflect or not reflect is it isn't a perfect term i guess um i'm not sure what the term would be there's got to be a a um a symmetry there that's the inverse i'm not sure what that would be i'd actually have to look that up that's a very interesting thought for me to, to follow um but anyway the the idea is that there are different individuals out there who have the ideas, the, the genes and the memes in some way or another that that fit your your outies and your innies and your lines and your wobbles in a complementary way. Not reflecting you so much, not you know, not a mirror image, but a uh, a convex to your concave and a convex concave to your convex um, your innies for their outies and vice versa. Um, in all sorts of ways, in your ideas, in your, in your physical, physical mannerisms, in your style, and in your personality. And so we seek out these, like I said, what I call similar but different. So it's not identical things. You know, we're not looking for the, uh, we're not looking for a mirror image, which, which, which would be a reflection, which would be the opposite. We don't want, we're not seeking out someone who's totally opposite us. And we're also not seeking out someone who's identical to us, the, the identity um, symmetry, because we are already that and we, we're 
we don't need another one of us. Um, at least not when we're trying to do something that, you know, our strengths, uh, our weaknesses and our strengths, you know, make us good for but not great at that we need someone who has strengths in a similar, you know, in a way that complements uh, what our weaknesses are so that uh, we can be stronger as a team, as a connected pair. So we seek out these individuals who are, who are complementary to connect with. And now this connection, this seeking out of connection is the way that evolution works um and again this is evolution on any in any form whether it's whether it's physical or emotional or intellectual or philosophical spiritual cultural whatever um any sort of evolution of where two different things come together and they make something new um and so this connection is what we seek because we seek these the, the connection is that sim is that um whatever we want to call that symmetry if there is a term for it but the um the complementary symmetry convex to the concave and this connection is what allows us to um to function as a as a you know as a connected pair as a a larger unit um capable of doing something that neither individual was capable of doing on its own. And so making these connections, finding these individuals who in some way are similar but different to us or to our personality or to, you know, whatever attribute we're seeking help with, um, complement, complementary collaboration with and making that connection is about it, it involves a couple of different things first of all it involves actually finding another individual um, which isn't always you know totally possible obviously you know there there sometimes when other individuals are just not around um, you know some some of us are some of us are surrounded by other individuals and others of us are more alone um, in our interactions with the world. I mean, obviously, we're never alone completely because there are, you know, we're not in a vacuum. There's other stuff out there. But when it when it comes to other things that that complement us, um, it can feel very lonely sometimes. And so finding the other individuals is the number one challenge actually encountering these other individuals of any sort it can be a challenge and then finding individuals who are similar but different is a challenge because i mean in, in many ways we are all similar but different i mean we know that but when we're looking for something that complements us, us in a specific way that helps us achieve our goals that's um you know, when we're younger, we're, our goals are more open-ended. We're not so sure of what we really want necessarily. Um, we don't know what we like so well. So we're doing a lot more experimenting. We're more, more open-minded about who we interact with. Um, I recently was looking at, um, looking 
back at some folks uh, who I'd gone to college with and uh, um, sort of checking up on them and seeing what they were up to and uh, being amused. I mean, one of them, and I, I'd already, well, a lot of them I'd already known about, you know, fairly well, but just checked up a little bit more on recently. And uh, one of them was just so very opposite of me um, in so many ways. Uh, but, you know, he, he'd been one of my first you know, boyfriends. And uh, I was, you know, I very much loved him at the time. Um, or at least I thought I did or whatever, you know, whatever that means as, as a someone who's young and, and in, infatuated with someone. Um, but we were clearly not made for one another. And, and it didn't last long. He left me pretty quickly. I think it was within two months. He was, he just sort of disappeared. New Year's Eve, no less. Um, we were supposed to be going to a, a party together or we were supposed to be all hanging out together me and and friends and and him all of our our little group and uh he just kind of disappeared and and with our other friend and my best friend and i were like where'd they go <laughs> um <laughs> that was the end of our, our relationship <laughs> um i barely even talked to him after that i mean not there wasn't a lot of animosity but it was like what <laughs> i don't I don't get it, <laughs> but um, he gave me a a stuffed gund, which were all the rage, expensive stuffed animals back then. A stuffed Sharpe dog. Um, the Sharpe is the really wrinkly looking ones that very weird. And I have I who knows where that came from. Um, I mean, he we were also we were both very young and had no idea what we were doing, but. Uh, Clearly, we were not made for one another. Um, but I would, because I was young, you know, I was much more open to experimenting and to seeing, you know, what sort of things I was, I liked and didn't like. And I didn't have any dislike about him, any particular dislike about him. He broke up with me. I would not have broken up with him, probably. Um, or at least not for a very long time, I imagine. Um, just because I was very open-minded about what I wanted and, and didn't really know and, you know, was, was very happy to explore and interact with all different kinds of individuals because I didn't have any specific huge goals in mind in my life. Um, but as we age and we start understanding who we are and what we want and, you know, what sort of, what is, what our purpose is in life, what our, what makes us feel, you know, like our lives are meaningful, the more we do that, the more we narrow down the kinds of individuals we're looking for who, you know, the, the kinds of similarities and the kinds of differences that are important to, you know, to where we want to go. So, you know, the direction we want to go, that's where we focus on finding the complement to us. Um, so, you know, someone else might fit really well with, you know, something that's not super important to us and then we may get along really well. And, you know, for example, I have a roommate right now and I mean, a literal roommate, someone who's bed is literally about two feet away from mine um and we get along fine i mean you know i'm sure there there are things that one another does that annoys each other certainly but um you know but in general we get along quite well and we're similar in in many ways and you know there's enough difference in other ways that you know we get along quite well and we're interesting to one another but because I'm so focused on certain things in my life, that kind of 
um, complementary relationship is not particularly important to me. Um, I mean, it's nice to have, but it's it's not what I'm focused on trying to find. And so this is where we see the individuals out there who are most worthy of our efforts to make connections. And, you know, there's some people in my life, there are a few people, not very many, there have been a very few people in my life who who have been exceedingly complimentary with me in ways that are just sort of beyond explanation and beyond uh, appreciation. And I'm not even sure, you know, the words to use because they have been so important to me. It's hard to describe why they're so important to me. And I, I periodically do. And I never feel like I live up to it of course, live up to, you know, what I actually feel and why it actually seems to be this way. So, you know, this is yet another attempt at it. And I think I'm getting closer. Um, I think why you are worthy to me is, has to do with Like, I mean, obviously I've explained this in, in a, in a sort of geometric, physical kind of metaphor. Um, and, and, and that works well, but I, I know it's not very, it probably feels very superficial. Um, and there's a point where there's a tipping point. I think that's, that's something that, you know, I've, I've felt for a long time, that there's a tipping point when you're in, when you're making a connection with someone. And something has happened, something unexpected or, or hoped for, but, you know, not, not relied, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't necessarily expecting it, but you were hoping it would happen, or you weren't expecting it all, and it did happen. Um, and I've had a little bit of both of those with several people um, in my life, where something, you know, it's an emergent property, where um, where something that someone has done, or or been, or whatever, been there for me, or done something for me, or you know, it can be anything from the tiniest little seed of an idea or a touch or um, something that just redirects me in a way that has been so valuable. And of course, you never know what direction you would have gone otherwise. And obviously, all directions that we go in in life lead us to something interesting. Uh, I mean, it's nearly impossible to focus on something, to pay attention to something, um, to follow a a path that doesn't lead to something interesting in some way. And it's, it's just a matter of whether it's something that's useful to you or something that's not, or something that you realize was interesting because you can, you can walk past all kinds of interesting stuff and totally not know it. I mean, there's the whole purple gorilla in the middle of the basketball game that, you know, you can completely ignore if it's not what you're looking for. Um, 
but that was the purple gorilla walking through a basketball game is far more interesting than the basketball game ever was. At least this particular basketball game. If you know what I'm talking about, it's a um, it was an experiment, a uh, psychological experiment about attention. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you, I think there was even a book called The Purple Gorilla uh, that people wrote about this. Um, but yeah, if you want to, I mean, it, it, it's sort of pointless for me to, to point you to the video because you've already, you already know what it is and it'll ruin it for you. Um, so, you know, if you, if you do go look for it, just look for the information about it and it'll, spoilers, that's one of the few times where <laughs> it's a spoiler and it's too late. It, it really is spoiled for you. Um, there are other ones out there that are similar. So you, if you looked up to the Purple Gorilla uh, study in the video, it, it'll probably show you some other things. And, you know, you might be distracted by those enough and discover something interesting about yourself and your lack of attention when you're paying attention to something else. So anyway, so when you, when I, in my life, have had these little tipping points and, and like I said, it could be something, you know, excruciatingly small, um, but usually it's an accumulation of things. And then maybe one big thing or a few small things that are just extra impactful that have happened where I no longer perceive someone as someone else. That there's a, such a connection made that they are now part of me. And I mean, that's true for everything, you know, everything I experience, I, you know, my model inside my head, you know, I'm, I'm now looking at, you know, some shelf brackets and, you know, they're now inside my head. And for the rest of my life, those shelf brackets will probably be there somewhere inside my head. And they're a little bit a part of me, um, especially pretty shelf brackets. They're little metal sort of filigree kind of almost wrought iron. I'm not sure if they are wrought iron. They might be plastic, but they look wrought iron, delicate little things. Uh -huh. But when it comes to someone who's so important to me, someone who's truly worthy of being a large part of my life, is that when they become a part of me, when I have absorbed, you know, there's that tipping point where I've absorbed an important enough part of them into me and made that a sort of normal part of my life, um, a, a, you know, a regular thing in my brain that every time I experience the world, a little part of them is there reacting to it, interacting with it. Um, you know, so it's almost like I have me, I, I have them as, beside me virtually. It's a sort of virtual representation of them, um, of some important part of them inside my head. And it's, so as I go through life, I look at the world with a broader mindset, with a broader heart, with a broader whatever intellect, philosophy um, that comes from them. And it's, it's not me 
it's actually them. And I feel, and it's a connection that, I mean, admittedly, it's them in the past, because if they've changed since I've been around them, and I won't know they've changed, it's, it's past them that's inside me that's reacting to these things that I'm, I've modeled inside of me and had become sort of my virtual companion. Um, but it's still them. I mean, their past is still them, even in the future, even if they've changed, you know, if, even if they've added some new individuals to their own life um, that have dramatically changed the way they perceive the world and expanded their own world their past is still part of them. And so even though, even if they split from me, even if I'm not in contact with them, whether it's for, you know, 10 minutes or 10 years, even if I'm not in contact with them, they're still part of me. And that's sort of a, a multi-universe kind of thing, which is one of the ways that I think of the, the whole multiple universe that the things do split up um, and who I am and who you are isn't just the physical body, obviously. It's our ideas, our, our memories, our experiences, our personality. Um, you know, the, the whole of us is bigger than our bodies. And parts of us can be, can go live elsewhere, you know. Um, Douglas Hofstetter wrote a beautiful book called I Am a Strange Loop, um, which was <laughs> bizarrely and immensely helpful uh, when I was going through a challenge of my own life where um, my husband wasn't able to be with me um, f initially when he first started not being able to be with me um, due to his fears. Um, on so many levels. There were so many fears. Um, and I had a lot of those same fears, but I just dealt with them differently. Um, and for all kinds of different reasons, having to do with both personality and, and environment, um, you know, the people we were around and, and, you know, just generally the advice we got and the, and the support we got and the other people around us who were sort of influencing us. Um, but so I was reading this book by Doug Douglas Hofstetter, and he talks about, um, you know, us being feedback loops where, you know, we put ourselves out into the world and then it comes back. And so it's this, this interesting um, division and recombination again, you know, like the, the genes, but with ideas and with emotions, with stories and memories and personality and philosophy, you know, the sort of the, the, the non-physical stuff that we are, the energy um, that goes out there, the information about who we are that affects other individuals, you know, from the, 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 the visuals and the auditory and the, and the words, the written words and everything um, goes out into other people and, and mixes around with those other individuals and then comes back to us sometimes not always but sometimes if we if we interact with them again in some way then that stuff comes back to us and that affects us and changes us 
And so we put out different stuff. And so it is a, a feedback loop of who we are. And the more loops we have with other individuals, the more we change and the more we grow and learn. Um, but not just about the outside world, we learn about ourselves. And so one of the one of the huge things that makes people worth it to me to have in my life is that is that feedback loop of of having them react to me having them them take in parts of me that are important to me and incorporating into their lives and then feeding that back to me and I learn so much more about myself as well as the outside world and about them and it makes me again it expands me it expands who I am and how I understand both myself and the rest of the world and gives me this power of I don't like the word knowledge but the you know of an expansion of experience of reality so it's not just my perspective of reality, but a much broader perspective of reality that makes me feel more connected to the universe as a whole. Um, and because it's I'm directing my focus on these particular individuals who've been extra complimentary with me in some way, they're, they're similar to me in an important enough way and also different enough to me in an important enough way that they really help me move towards my goals of, of you know a meaningful life and just this this sense of not being an individual any longer of you know the whole loneliness is painful and that's part of why, I mean, that's part of our motivational function as, as life, that we don't want to be lonely. Now, obviously, some, some biological organisms are, are sort of more loner types, and humans are obviously much more social. I mean, they call us social animals for a reason. Um, we are far more interested in, in sharing experiences and ideas. Um, as well as genes. So loneliness is far more potent in us social animals and especially in humans who are um, intellectually and philosophically um, motivated to exchange ideas and to, to explore the universe as a much broader thing than, you know, the more social animals say like a dog, um, the dog really isn't ever going to explore um you know what it's going to be like in a million years i mean a dog is just not thinking there it's just not the brain is just not made that way um, but humans not all of us but you know many of us if not most get to that point at some point in their in their thinking process when they're when they have the resources for their brain to really kick into high gear and, and think about these deeper, longer time periods of, of life that we need this connection on a, on a much broader scale. Um, we need to connect with so many different voices and different experiences, different ideas. And so when we get blocked with that, when we can't connect, 
the loneliness can be can be excruciating and that's a motivating factor for us to find ways to connect so even even when these individuals <laughs> this bus is driving me nuts going by or whatever it is truck very loud it's getting in the way and making me feel frustrated about connecting i want to connect with you i want to speak with you but it, having a hard time because it's making so much noise okay it's going away um so yeah so the the connecting is so is such a strong motivator especially with these individuals who really fit well who are really complementary in some important way and that could be in in so many different ways but when you find these individuals even if connecting with them is excruciatingly challenging and even painful like emotional on an emotional level or even on a physical level sometimes um, it's still worth it they are still you are still worth connecting with when there is such an important and meaningful offering that you're making to me that it isn't I mean it does matter I mean obviously we no longer we, we never want to put ourselves through through you know painful situations um, or at least we want to do so on our own on our own uh, on, a, on our own accord under our own control you know when we try to push our limits and we try to learn about ourselves and you know we we, we want to see what we're capable of doing and so we'd like to challenge ourselves sometimes but but most of the time we we don't want other people to like push our buttons and and you know make us feel unpleasant and uncomfortable and and even in pain um physically mentally emotionally whatever um but when so when 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 an individual has offered so much to my life and fit in so much of a way complimented me in so much of a way that I've been able to achieve something that I could never have achieved on my own then even when things get really challenging and occasionally painful it's still worth it you're still worth it to connect with because there it's it's more important to make that connection than anything else because life is about progress it's not about staying even keel the whole homeostasis thing has always bothered me um, and people use homeostasis as our you know they say that the goal of the body is homeostasis and the basic needs even even in um, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs one of the oftentimes the, the very bottom platform is homeostasis um, which I actually say is the, the bottom two platforms because it's in and out but that's another thing but um, homeostasis is not the goal growth is the goal progress is the goal and and I don't mean progress for an individual but I mean progress for all of life and that means that includes death um, that includes loss because progress requires loss 
You cannot move forward without giving up something to the past, without leaving something behind. And, and that can be scary. Losing things can be scary. Giving things up can be scary. So sometimes people do try to hold on to homeostasis, try to hold on to this comfort level, which means that they don't actually make the progress that they, they really want to make deep down inside out of these fears. And that's one of the things I think I've been very lucky to not have happened to me so much or well I don't know that I would call it luck but a lot of the times that I have been involved with individuals on some level um, again this this isn't doesn't necessarily mean a, a you know a romantic relationship but it could be any kind of connection on any level the times that I have been in pain from two challenge or an excruciatingly challenging relationship of trying to connect and not being able to connect. Um, some of the things I've lost have actually given me the courage. I, you know, I've, I've lost enough important things to me that and, and still survived and still been able to grow that I realized that a lot of that loss, while painful and scary, is not the end of the world and actually is okay. It is okay to lose these things. Um, and I don't mean okay in the, yay, it's okay, this is great, you know. I mean, it's okay in that it's a part of life, it's an important process in growth, is to face our fears of loss and actually lose the things and in that process of losing things we connect with what really is important to us so I have been lucky in that I have not I have I have one of the things that I've lost is this fear of loss um, I mean of course I still don't want to lose things and it's still a painful process that's not saying that you just get over it and move on that's not the goal the goal is to incorporate it you don't get over it you get through it and you carry you carry the emotions you carry the memories you carry the important stuff from the past into the future and use it in new ways And so even when you hurt me, even when you lash out at me, even when you push me away, even when you, you know, act like I'm not important, it's okay. I can deal with that. I can work through that. I can incorporate that into my world because A, I know that's probably not true. Um, and B, because you're worth it. Because the things that you have given me have been so important, so meaningful to my growth, to my progress, to me making the world a better place in some way, 
which is all of life's purpose. Improving the world, improving future generations' capabilities to thrive. You have been worth it to me. And maybe you've changed so much now that what you offer me is different and possibly not even as meaningful as the past, but that's unrelated to the fact that you have given me something that is so important that even if in the future you never give me anything again, even if in the future you're never there for me, you never are able to offer me anything particularly important, even if that was true, which is unlikely, but even if that was true, your past inputs into me, your past offerings to me have been so incredibly meaningful and powerful that I can continue to give powerful and meaningful, hopefully, things to you and it still wouldn't repay. I still wouldn't feel balanced if I stopped giving things to you that I think help you because you have helped me so much. My life has been exponentially, infinitely improved by what you have offered to me. That nothing I can do seems good enough to counteract, or not counteract, but to balance things up. And not that that's my goal, but that's in the back of my head, I'm sure. But what really is in the front of my head is that I'm hoping to help you be there for me in the future as well. I'm hoping to help you be able to offer me even more awesome stuff because I think we fit well together. I think we complement each other in a way that's valuable and long-lasting. So even if, even if you hurt me, even if you run away from me, even if you reject me, even if you yell at me, even if you physically harm me, that's not so great, but even if, even if I'm hurt by you, the connection is so important to my life that you're worth continuing to offer things to and to help and to guide and to love and to appreciate and to try to connect with because going through life with you there in any form, whether it's just the past or ideally the future as well, expands my world so immensely, gives me so much, there's no word for it. There's no word for this expansiveness, wonder, beauty, connection. There isn't a word for it. It's just 
it's just filling in a way that that humans don't have words for that improves expands delights connects me to the universe in such a deep and meaningful way and and there really isn't a word for it i i I mean, may I mean, I, I might possibly be able to consider drawing a picture of it, but I don't even think so. I don't think any sort of visual imagery would would do it. It's a, a fully every single sense in my body experiences this all at the same time. It's sort of firing on all cylinders. Uh, That's a terrible metaphor, though. <laughs> it's like everything is lit up in my body, in my mind, in my heart, in my experience, when I'm able to connect with people like you. So thank you. And yes, you are worth it. You are absolutely incredibly worth it. You've offered me something that's so valuable that words don't do anything. Maybe music. Maybe music. But I don't make music, so... Somebody else... Maybe that's why I love music so much, listening to some music. Because it does it does explain that, that feeling, I think. Anyway. You are absolutely worth it. And I mean that to everyone who's listening. Because you've listened to this. And that is... That is an offering that that boggles my mind. My ramblings. I don't even, I mean, this one, this particular one, it's like, I don't even know that I want to listen to this one again because it doesn't, it, it hasn't expressed me. It hasn't expressed what I'm feeling. It's words. It's, it's, it's too superficial. But it's what I have. And so if you've listened to it, I, I am so gracious. Uh, so grateful and there are a couple of you out there who I hope are listening um, who may not be but um, this is also for you but you're all worthy you're all worthy of at least a little bit of my love and appreciation and most definitely you are worthy of someone love and appreciation and gratitude and expansive connections to um, no matter what you've done no matter how you've hurt them no matter you know what you've thought and how angry you've been or sad you've been or avoidant you've been or whatever um, in the presence of the people who love you no matter what it doesn't matter because what you've given them has made them this, you know, grand experience of connecting to the universe in some deep way. And and you may not even know, you probably don't even know how you've done it. Or, I mean, you probably don't know. Nobody knows how they've done it, but you probably don't even know what you've done um, that has affected them so deeply. But just know it's there. If if they're 
if they're tolerating your your inconsistencies and your your unpleasantness sometimes and they still love you and they still want to give things to you and take care of you and think you are precious um, then you've done something for them and you are worthy and if you haven't found someone like that in your life and my heart goes out to you if you haven't um, but maybe you're still young yet and you know maybe your parents weren't so great uh, maybe you haven't had lots of friends when you were a kid so you know, maybe you're still seeking and, and I truly hope that you find many people who whose lives you nourish and and fulfill in some important way. Um, because you're worth it too. Even if even if you haven't found that that puzzle piece, that random puzzle piece out in the world who fits you so well, um, in some important way. Anyway, you're worth it. I love you. Thank you so much for being here for me in any way that you have. Um, so yeah, if you want to connect with me in any more <laughs> superficial kind of way on the internet, um, you can email me at thewiseturtle at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E at gmail, G-M-A-I-L.com. Um, you can find me on Reddit under username Turl, T-U-R-I-L. So if you go to Reddit, um, that's www.reddit.com slash user, U-S-E-R slash Turl, T-U-R-I-L. Um, and that will give you some weird combination of stuff. And if you also put a slash overview um, at the end of it, that'll give you everything in a nice proper order and easier to read. <laughs> um, and you can also find my website, uh, my blog, where this uh, podcast is hosted at turl.org, T-U-R-I-L dot O-R-G. And um, I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say at all. And um, I'll leave you with that. I hope your life is beautiful and you have meaningful connections that fulfill you and fulfill others. Namaste.